Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden. And on today's show, we are going to explore some ancient traditions regarding plant medicines and how plants can be used for transformation and healing. We're going to look at things like using cacao to unravel tension and anxiety and microdosing with plants to promote connection to oneself, flow, decreased depression, increased calm and grounding, and so much more. On today's show, I am joined by an incredible microdosing advocate who started at Google, realized she was not following her life path, and then made the courageous decision to change her life completely by traveling to spend time with people from indigenous cultures and learn the ancient art of plant medicines. It's an incredible show. Join me. Here we go. Hello, hello. Today on my show, I have quite the treat for you. We are going to be talking about plant medicines. And I have with me Sina, who is a microdosing advocate and has actually helped hundreds of people to implement a microdosing program to assist them in their healing journey. So thank you for joining me today, Sina. Welcome. Yay, thanks so much for having me. Well, I have been looking forward to this because this is an area that I do not know much about. So I really wanted to kind of dig in and learn some more from you, but let's just start with your journey. I know that you used to be at Google and you went from Google to plant medicine. So can we hear a little bit about how that happened and what that's all about? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was working at Google. I was there for about five years. It was an incredible experience. And I got to this point, I it was, I was young. I was like in my early twenties, I think I was probably 25 or 26 when I ended up leaving somewhere around there. And I, you know, I, I was doing really well in my career. I had gotten promotions and I was making plenty of money. And, and I remember getting this promotion and just being excited and then soon after I was like, wait, so now I just try and get another promotion. That's, that's what, and then I just kind of started to feel this like rat race kind of being on the hamster reel. And I started to just, you know, I, I think my, my soul was just not inspired um, and, and getting kind of jaded and I wasn't feeling filled up by my work. And I ended up uh, going through a big life transformation, you know, my relationship from my college partner, we broke up and I moved into my own place for the first time. And I started a yoga teacher training and I just kind of jumped in. It was pretty spontaneous and impulsive, but something in me knew that there was something more out there for me. Did the yoga teacher training. I started, started really having my awakening to spirit, to understanding that, you know, there, I am a spiritual being, I am spirit in form and started changing my life, stopped drinking. Eventually I, I partied a lot in college and just was really, that was really all, all I did. My social world was drinking alcohol. Um, and then I was on this spontaneous trip to Mexico and there was all these synchronicities that aligned. And somehow I was in this little town called Troncones on the beach. And I met this now this woman who's now a good friend of mine and she invited me to a cacao ceremony and I had never heard of this before this was back in 2015 I think so it wasn't really popular or like as trending as it is now and that was my first experience in a plant ceremony like in a ceremony with a plant we were sitting in a circle there was music and singing and I had a pretty it wasn't a full, it wasn't a psychedelic experience, but I had a deeply healing experience, um, from just chocolate, basically from, from having a, a higher dose, like an ounce or two of quality ceremonial cacao. And the people that held that ceremony were leading this 
advanced teacher training in Peru, I think about 10 months later. And in that, in that training, we were going to be going deeper with cacao and a few other plant medicines. And I just saw my life path take a huge left turn. I just, I just knew that I, I had to go figure out more of what I had experienced in that ceremony. And that eventually over the next 10 months, I quit my job and I sold most of my things and I bought a one-way ticket to Peru and um, just kind of took a huge leap of faith. (laughs) That is huge. I mean, that is huge. But I want to hear more about what was the cer- the cacao ceremony like when you stumbled upon that? That I love all the synchronicities. I mean, that's mm. how you know when you're really following your your spirit and your life path because everything really aligned in a very different way for you. Absolutely, yeah. So we were sitting. Um, it was on the beach, you know, maybe like 20 feet from the ocean in this kind of open air, there was a roof and a floor, but no walls. And it was actually also during a hurricane. Um, so it was a very powerful the elements. There's a lot of rain and wind and the ocean was, you know, the waves were huge. So there was just a lot of power and like energy in the, in the air. And, um, we essentially what we did was they, they, made a huge pot of cacao. And if for anyone that's new to to ceremonial cacao, it's, it's a traditional beverage of the Maya and even before the Mayan cultures, um, but of Latin America, it it originates from South America, from Ecuador is the, the oldest uh, like evidence they've found of, of cacao in these ceramic vessels. So it's a very, and cacao, the trees grow there. That's where they originate from is South America. And then they made their way up through Central America. So if you go to places like Oaxaca today, there's a very rich chocolate tradition, a very rich cacao tradition. People are making chocolate, you know, from the trees down the street. And there's a whole, the traditional way of consuming cacao is through a drink. So we think of it today as hot chocolate. Um, it's mm-hmm. usually not sweetened. It can be, but the traditional drink was basically cacao beans. They're, you know, roasted and then, or sorry, they're fermented and then roasted and then ground and then water and some sort of, um, spice, uh, mm-hmm. some sort of like cayenne type of pepper. So that's the traditional drink. And cacao is an incredible plant. It's not a psychedelic plant but it's very powerful. Um, and when you're drinking, you know, pure cacao, so chocolate bars today are, you know, have so much added to them. There's, Mm -hmm. there's milk added to them. There's all these preservatives and it's, you know, not a standard chocolate bar. There's not really much cacao in that bar, but if you're working with like one to two ounces, which is quite a lot of cacao in a ceremonial setting, it can increase your blood flow by up to 40%. And it's packed with nutrients. It's packed with, there's more calcium than cow's milk. It's a powerful antioxidant, like one of the most powerful in the world from a food. Um, You know, there's just all these, these nutrients in, in cacao. And so I think with that, that ability to uh, it's a vasodilator and it has a lot of magnesium. So that's your kind of blood vessels expand. And that's why you get more blood flow moving through your body. The, the ability to do that, the plants, um, the way that the plant works in the, in our body, I think is what can open us to these really, you know, to these spiritual experiences, to these healing experiences. Because if you think about more blood moving through your body, you're getting more oxygen to your pineal gland and your brain and all these systems, And so in that ceremony, I, you know, essentially we, you know, did prayers and then we drank the cacao in a ceremonial way and they prepared the cacao with, you know, intention and love. They sourced it from people that made it, you know, themselves with love. It was not processed in any sort of, you know, industrial way. And, um, and then it, for me, it was, it was like a really powerful meditation. So they were singing these, these songs. And I, I had never been in any sort of ceremony setting like this before. And I immediately felt 
so at home and so comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like there's this ancient knowing of like, I don't know these songs, but I know these songs, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening here, but I, I love it. And this feels like home. And so there was a lot of singing and instruments and, and I, I just remember closing my eyes and I literally felt, um, all of this tension in my body, just unraveling. It's, it's hard to explain, but I just, it felt like I was, um, opening up and like opening up all these areas that were stuck or blocked. And when I got home from that trip, my roommate, who's one of my close friends at the time, she looked at me when I walked in the door and just said, Sina, your anxiety has gone. And I didn't even know I had anxiety. You know, I was still like really early in my journey. And, and, you know, that was, that was just my first experience with cacao. And I, I just absolutely fell in love. I, 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 you know, it really transformed my life. Wow. That's amazing. So that's a beautiful experience. What would you say to people that are like, okay, well, I'm not, on the beach and I'm, I don't have mm-hmm. that. How do I find that here? You know, wherever people yeah. are, how do they find that or create it for themselves? Make sure Absolutely. they're getting the real thing mm-hmm. and create a ceremony. How do we do that? Yeah. such a good question. So, um, I actually worked for my friend's cacao company once I got home and after my whole journey. So that's one of the first ones I would recommend their, um, website is ceremonial cacao.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, they make, they source cacao, it's, it's organic and it's, it's grown. I, sorry, I, I know a lot about cacao, so I could really go <laughs> deep on it. I'm going to try not to go into like supply chains and all the things, but it's good cacao. And there's a lot of different options and there's a lot of educational content that um, some of which I created that is on there about how to create your own ritual at home. Oh, so awesome. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, I can go into some tips here if you want, but if, that's, that's where I would send people just go there. And there's, there's a whole yeah, that's library. Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Because I'm all about being practical. So I yeah. love when guests come on and are like, this is what, if you want to, because really it's about experimenting with these things and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what works for you. Exactly. So, you know, you've come on and you've already explained how transformative it was for you. And now you've given a huge gift to anybody listening and said, and here's where you can find it. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate that. I appreciate that. Then you went to Peru and you studied more about plant medicines. You want to tell us a little bit about that, that piece of what you learned there? Yeah. Um, it's taken me, I feel like this, I don't know, four years to integrate that part of my life. Um, so I was in a, a place called Terrapoto, which is in Northern Peru, it's not in the Amazon, but it's kind of right on the edge of Amazon. And there's, there's various, you know, ayahuasca retreat centers in that area. Um, And so the indigenous people that uh, carry the ayahuasca tradition in Peru, one of the groups is the the Shipibo people, and they live in the the Northern Amazon. Um, And I had the great honor of sitting in ceremony with a maestra um, named Amelia and uh, it's so hard to even synthesize. I was basically, you know, imagine me like working in Silicon Valley, right? And like just on my computer all day, on my phone all night, like just really in the matrix in San Francisco with all the electricity grids and the speed of life. And then, you know, not that long later, I am in a kind of like a, a hut. I mean, it, it was a nice hut, but kind of a hut. There's, there's, um, you know, limited electricity. There's a, a spring fed pond on the property. There's all these plants. There's no internet. You know, I don't have cell service. I'm not on my phone and we're getting up and doing yoga every day, going through all these trainings that were already transformational in themselves for me. And then we had a couple of, um, ayahuasca ceremonies as part of this training. And, um, it was, it was the, it was incredibly challenging. My first ceremony, um, which is kind of what ayahuasca is known for. (laughs) So it, it's not, it's, it's like the challenge where you think you're not going to be able to make it through. And then once you make it through your whole life is changed for the better as, as if you are able to integrate and, you know, have support on your path. 
it's a very powerful plan. It's not for the faint of heart. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I had the ceremonial setting that I did and the, the maestro that I did and the, the intention with those ceremonies when you're there, especially with the Shipibo people, is they're, they're singing these specific songs. They're called Icaros to work with the ayahuasca spirit in the room and in your body to, to like find out, find the places within you that need healing. And so it can really bring up, you know, it could bring up like repressed memories. It could bring up deep traumas. It could bring up just, just challenging things that, that we hold in our bodies. And sometimes you may relive those things in ceremony or you, you know, there's, it's, it's, there's infinite things that could happen. Um, it's a very powerful medicine though. And so I, I do, I, I do want people to take it seriously. If anyone's feeling interested in it, you, you have to find the right, you know, people that there's a lot of people working with it in an irresponsible way. Um, now that it's gotten more popular. So anyways, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough experience and I was pretty confused after. And then this, and then I went back though, I went to the second ceremony because I was like, all right, I just changed my whole life. And I, I came down here basically to work with this plant medicine. And I don't know what just happened in that ceremony like that. I, I still couldn't wrap my head around it. And, but I just was like, well, it couldn't be worse than that. So I'm going <laughs> to do it again. You know, like I, I survived that. That was really hard, but I did it. So I know I'm not going to die and I'm going to do it again. And the second time I did it, I, I kind of knew I knew what to do a little more. I knew there were some things that I, I did like drink a little more water, just little things that supported my, my body more. And that ceremony was really beautiful. And I got to kind of, um, still some, still challenging, um, because I, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but when you're working with ayahuasca, it's really common to purge. So the, so you're, you're throwing up basically. And, and that's part of the, the path of getting well. It's you're literally purging up. You have, you can have these surges of discomfort. You can have these memories that are really painful to look at. And then, you know, eventually you throw them up and and get get rid of it. it. Yeah. So it's really powerful. I mean, I, I fully am, I bow to that medicine and it changed my life. It felt like it, um, like what happened with cacao with kind of the unraveling of tension in my body. I mean, ayahuasca, I think the reason it like rocked me so hard in that first ceremony was because I was so conditioned. I was so in the matrix. I had so much just like, uh, I don't even know, like grids of energy that weren't really my own grids on me. And so there was this really intense process of like breaking through those that was challenging and painful. And I mean, I wouldn't be the person I I am today if I, if I hadn't done that work. Um, and I, and I will just add, I did end up hosting some retreats with my good friend where we brought women down that we were in our circles to work with ayahuasca with, um, a different maestra from the Shipibo tradition. And so I got to see also other, like the transformation that's possible for, for, you know, 20 other women, um, and it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, I bet mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give our disclaimer at this point, just so we're clear with everyone listening. So what Sina and I are talking about is uh, one makes sure people understand that some of the plant medicines are illegal if you're in the United States. And mm-hmm. so it's, we're not promoting that. And this is all for informational purposes, but I want you to understand is what she's talking about is a very sacred process. You hear her talking about working with indigenous peoples who have, you know, hundreds, potentially thousands of years of experience with these plants that are part of their culture. And there's a very sacred component to it and how it's done. This is not random. This is not just playing around to see what kind of hallucinogenic experience you can have. This is a very serious, sacred journey that people intentionally choose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I wanted to say about that. So <laughs> back to regular programming. <laughs> so people understand, you know, like Cena's talking about is that you, you had an extreme 
you had physical experience, you had emotional experience. It's a, it's a full experience. It's a spiritual awakening that comes in all forms. Mm -hmm. And then this led you to wanting to help others. Like you just started to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, my whole world was like all these illusions were drawn from my eyes. I could see clearly. And I was like, oh my gosh, everyone, you know, everyone needs to try this and disclaimer, not plant medicines are not necessarily appropriate for every single person. There's, you know, there's contraindications on things, but the spirit of like knowing how helpful these can be for people really encouraged me to, to share and start talking about it. And so, um, when I came back, so I was traveling for about a year and just in this deep, you know, self-discovery process, awakening process. And when I came back to California, I had a hard time integrating, you know, I was still integrating all these huge awakening experiences and then was living, I was living in Costa Rica for a while. And so coming back and having to buy a car, you know, I just felt like an alien in the car dealership mm -hmm. and I had to get a phone and it was, it was just this process of integrating back into society. And I felt really confused for a while because I was like, okay, I need to make money. I need to, I want to share what I've experienced. And I also could kind of see through the, the, the holes in how our system works and how capitalism works. And was just like, I don't, I don't need to prove myself. I'm, I'm a spiritual being and I'm, you know, divine. And so that integration process was hard. And that was when I found, uh, I, I heard about microdosing mm -hmm. and that to me, just, it just like, it rang all the bells for me because I knew that working with plants and, and fungi were, was healing. I, I had experienced the profound healing. And I also knew that I wasn't in a place where I needed more deep, like psychedelic journeys. I needed to ground, I needed to integrate. So I still wanted to, you know, have the healing support of the plants, but I didn't know how to do that. And so when I heard of microdosing, which is taking, um, you know, a small amount. It's like a 10th of a journey dose roughly of, of magic mushrooms on a protocol. So usually like three days on three days in a row, you'll take them and then take a break. So the idea is you're taking a little bit of this plant or this fungi, I mean, but you're able to go about your day. So you just get, it's like a vitamin or something. There's a little bit of a perceptual shift for some people, but it's not, you can still drive your car. You can still go pick up the kids. You can still do everything you need to do on a true microdose. And you're getting like a little, um, a little boost from the friends, from the fungi friends, I call them. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I started doing about four years ago. And I just have not stopped talking about it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so can you give people like, so let's just talk about like, why consider microdosing? You gave us some examples there, but let's just mm -hmm. talk in general. Like why would somebody want to consider microdosing from the perspective of what it does for you, but it, we can do that, but also in comparison to how it's beneficial compared to other things people might be doing to try and heal themselves too. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people come to me with, you know, anxiety, depression, feeling stressed, feeling and feeling disconnected or just disassociated and microdosing. Um, it works in the serotonin pathways. So it's not recommended to, or let's, let's, there's more nuance to the discussion, but it, if you are taking a, an SSRI antidepressant, um, there needs to be more research and discussion around how to incorporate microdosing into your life because psilocybin works and it's basically a natural antidepressant. It works in the same serotonin pathways as uh, pharmaceutical antidepressants. So let but, me stop but, you for one second before you go there, because I, that just brought up a point that I want to make sure we get out. You know, people take pharmacology and mm -hmm. that's obviously one choice, but please understand that those are all synthetics of what already exists in nature. Absolutely. So what we're talking about here is going to the source of what we're trying to replicate with pharmacology. So yeah. everybody has a choice. You can make your own choice. If your inclination is more towards what nature provides, then you want to be looking to go to the source, not to the copy of the source. 
Yes. And so what we're talking about here, and, and there's a lot of difference in side effects. It doesn't mean that there's not side effects to natural mm-hmm. substances because there absolutely can be, but there are 100%, there are side effects to things that are not naturally made. So yeah. I just want to throw that out there as well. Yes. That's a great point. Yeah. So natural antidepressant grows from the ground. Anyone can go forage it if they wanted to. Um, and it works in the serotonin pathways. So you, you can feel less. So this is how Dr. Jim Fadiman, if anyone's interested in doing research, Dr. James Fadiman has micro microdosing psychedelics.com. And he's done, um, over 2000 interviews with people that have microdosed. And this is also with LSD and some other substances included, but basically it's like an, an anecdotal, uh, study in a way. And the way he describes when you take a pharmaceutical antidepressant, you feel less sad when you take micro, when you microdose, you feel less sad and more glad. So that numbing that we can feel with the pharmaceutical, um, antidepressants, that's not what's happening with, with the mushrooms. They're, they're helping you kind of elevate and feel more present and more calm and less sad and more glad. They're known as los niños in Mexican traditions, mm-hmm. which means the little children. I love that. So there's this, there's this feeling of awe and wonder and curiosity and playfulness that they can bring um, along with, you know, bringing things to your awareness that you may need to heal. Um, I want to make sure I get back to your question though. So you're, you're asking how can this work with people doing other things to, to work on their healing? Well, no, actually I was saying, why would somebody choose this? Even mm. if they, you know, like why choose, why choose this? Why not choose pharmacology? We kind of hit, why not choose pharmacology, but right. what does microdosing offer that other forms of, of healing might not, I mean, it could be anything, just, you know, so what is the uniqueness of this? Totally. So I think the, the, the root, the core of what the uniqueness is, is that working with psilocybin and especially if you combine it with lion's mane, which is a non-hallucinogenic, non-hallucinogenic culinary mushroom. So it, it's, it uh, builds new neural connections in your brain. So it's increasing neuroplasticity. So uh, Paul Stamets, another famous mycologist, one of his main reasons for kind of shouting from the rooftops about microdosing is to prevent dementia and Alzheimer's, which we have, you know, an incredible amount of happening in our, in our society. So increasing new, increasing neural connections, right? So if we have habits, if we have, are struggling with addiction, it's this repetitive behavior that's just. I view it as like a a road in my brain. And it's like that road from these neurons of like grabbing my, my drink or whatever habits that I have, that road is really well paved. It's really well trod. It's really easy to go down when we are microdosing, we're expanding, like then there's infinite roads and it's, it's, it's kind of like this magical, all of a sudden we don't want to go down that same road. We, we have the ability, we have the space to, to make new roads, to make new pathways. And that's why psilocybin in larger doses, it's showing incredible promise for helping people with addiction. It's not an addictive substance. So that's the other beautiful thing about microdosing is you don't have to do it forever in order to feel the benefits because you're actually building new pathways in your brain and no one can take that from you. That's, that's there. And can you talk a little bit about the effect on sort of consciousness I think it's really honestly another like kind of my deeper reason for for being an, a microdosing advocate is I think it's critical that we on planet Earth shift our consciousness. We need to to make a quantum leap here. Like I really feel in my bones that we something dire needs to happen and the mushrooms and the plants, you know, like the medicines, they, they carry, they're a divine intelligence. You know, they are their own spirit. You can talk to them. They can, you know, they're like an ally here and they're carrying the, the unadulterated codes of, of mother earth. They're carrying nature and they are nature. We are nature, but, and they're just helping us remember our, our true nature. And so I think it's so um, easy to it's all for many of us. It's what we know. We grow up in modern society. We grow up in 
a city and a house and we have all our things and electricity and life is very comfortable for those of us in like modern Western society. And we don't, we really don't need a lot of it to be happy. We don't need most of it to be happy. There's so much more to life, like, you know, authentic sharing and and making meals together and, and making crafts and gardening and just like returning to kind of the simplicity of being a human I think that's what we need right now. We need to shift out of this like extractive consumptive system that we have. It's just not working. It's, it's we've, we're reaching the point where it's, it's not good. <laughs> and I think that when we build these new neural connections in our brains, you know, we, I don't know what the stat is, but I'm sure you've heard, like we only use a small percentage of our brain. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what is the rest of that percentage? Like what's happening there? That's, that's here. We have access to it. And I think that working with these plants and fungi can give us access to, to these, these parts of ourselves is that it like connects us with our divinity. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we are God in form. I mean, we are so powerful. We have so much potential and so much untapped potential and I think that's where um, this this microdosing practice is is hugely impactful right now. I agree, and I think I want to go back to something you said, which is, you know, we don't need most of what we have, and I think having all that we have in the modern in the quote unquote modern world is a huge distraction, and it creates an mm -hmm. altered reality, and not in a good sense. Mm -hmm. It creates a very inauthentic reality in most cases. Mm -hmm. We're not designed these beings as, you know, spiritual beings in this human form, we're not designed to be in a box with artificial lighting and artificial air and all of these other things. And I think mm -hmm. what we're starting to see, you know, what you've talked about, one of my fascinations is always indigenous peoples, because mm -hmm. I mean, when we get back to the simplicity, I've, I find that people that are in connection with the earth know how to be in rhythm with the earth. And then they're connected to themselves and to each other. And I think yep. when we live in our little boxes, we get disconnected from the earth, we get disconnected from ourselves and we get disconnected from others. And I agree, we're at a point where that's been going on for so long and then add on all our consumerism and everything else and all the distractions of technology and everything mm -hmm. else, which have, there are pros and cons to everything, but we can get so far away from our original divine selves that- right it's about coming home again. Mm -hmm. And from what mm -hmm. I'm hearing from you, it sounds like microdosing helps us to replug in, to reconnect to our real authentic essence. Yeah. You know? So do you have any, I love stories. Do you have any stories of any of the clients you've worked with that mm -hmm. um, you can share to just sort of say, this is the kind of thing that person did. And this is the shift they experienced. Yeah. Using a protocol. Um, yeah. I can think of one more recent one. And I like this story because, um, you know, I think a lot of, especially right now, especially with, you know, COVID and just everything in the world, it's like, I think a lot of people are experiencing anxiety and depression and they're not diagnosed, right? You know, there, of course there are people that are diagnosed, but there's a lot of people that are just kind of like, is this like feel kind of, you know, jaded or down or apathetic. And um, this one guy, this one client uh, was, was doing pretty good, right? Like he, you know, he wasn't in dire depression or crazy anxiety, but he was, he kind of felt like a little disconnected and he just wanted a little more intention in his day. And so he started microdosing and within like a week or two, he was the, the main thing that really, um, stood out for him was how he was he, he didn't want, he, he was less, he, it's not even that he didn't want to, he just stopped basically reaching for those couple of beers he would have every night or grabbing some cannabis and like smoking. I mean, he would still, it's, it, it, and that wasn't his intention. His, he didn't feel like those, like having a couple drinks or smoking every now and then he didn't feel like that was something he really wanted to stop. But when he started microdosing, he realized that it kind of, he described it as um, there's no, there was no more edge to take off. So, you know, I think we can all relate to that feeling of just like, oh, I need something to help me relax. I need to take the edge off. 
And that can be this underlying kind of persistent discomfort in our lives where we're reaching for sugar, we're reaching for, you know, any, whatever our, our things are. And that was the main thing that he, he noticed was this, this spaciousness. And the way I describe what's happening there is that there's something called the default mode network in our brains. Um, and it's actually like various parts of our brains. It's not just one part, but there's like this connection that they're, they're discovering is, is active when we're in our default mode. So anytime we're doing something that's not fully intentional, so driving around, washing the dishes, you know, we're kind of, anytime we're like, just going along and having all these random thoughts and then doing some sort of um, task, maybe that's not requiring all of our attention. So we're just kind of like split and scattered. So that default mode network is also where our sense of time lives. And our sense of time, in my opinion, is kind of what creates stress because we're constantly in this calendar, this clock, and we're constantly, you know, trying to, are we late for something? We got to do this before this thing. We have this list of tasks, you know, there's this productivity focus. The, um, when the default mode network, when we're working with psilocybin, that dissolves the activity in that like dampens and the positive task network starts to come online. The positive task task network is what is activated when we're doing something like yoga, where we're breathing. It's like a full body intentional thing, right? You're like trying to focus your mind, you're breathing, you're moving your body. And when we do things like yoga, we feel present right? Cause we're being present. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what microdosing or psilocybin helps with in our daily lives. It helps kind of, um, dissolve or dampen the noise, the distraction, the voices that are like, Oh, you got to, you got it. You're going to be late. You're going to be late and allows you to be present with what you're doing. So a lot of people also talk about finding a flow state when they're microdosing, where they feel more present with whatever creative endeavor. So this client is also a sound healer, um, like outside of work, Mm. he, he start, he's like starting this sound healing business and he's really passionate about it. And he's noticing that when he's combining, since he's combined microdose with the sound healing, he's like, it's just feeling more, um, he's feeling more present. He's feeling more connected with this work. He's feeling more connected with the clients that he's working with. And so he's feeling more fulfilled, which is also really beautiful because when we're not present, you know, we can't, we can't receive the gifts of the moment. Right. So that's, yeah, that's one kind of, that's a few different stories (laughs) um, of what the shifts people can experience. No, I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, that's, I think so much of what people are experiencing that they're not even aware of. And like you're saying, he wasn't even aware of some of it till after. I think that's Mm -hmm. basically the giant issue that most people are experiencing is they're completely disconnected and that takes so many different forms. And there's so many ways people try and distract and cope because they are disconnected. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like microdosing protocols are helping people to reintegrate into themselves. And I think I saw somewhere, do you use breath work with that or how exactly? Yeah. Yeah. There's, so I like to encourage people to find their own like authentic way of working with microdosing because it can really amplify any practice and it can amplify anything. So, you know, some people find they drink less caffeine when they're microdosing because it it is, you know, it's, it's kind of, kind of gives you these like mini superpowers. It gives you a little boost. And so if you're feeling or emotional, microdosing can amplify that. And I want people to know that it's not, it's not just a magic pill that's going to make you feel connected and in flow. It's, it's also a, a, a medicine that will kind of give you what you need. And so maybe there's a time where you just need to cry and, and you feel a lot of grief coming up. And if you take a microdose, it's not going to just like shift you into this happy-go-lucky person. It might help you cry. That was a kind of a tangent, but, uh, so breath of the soul, it's a beautiful breathwork practice that I learned from my teacher, Adam's, Adam Gainsburg. And I love it because it's a parasympathetic practice, um, meaning it calms your nervous system. It brings you into a rest and digest or relaxation state, whereas other breathwork can be more energizing and activating. Um, and 
this, this one is more calming and bringing you into center. And I think this is really powerful to combine with microdosing because, and this is one of the reasons I love microdosing too, is I feel like we are, our nervous systems are all pretty activated, you know, unless, unless you're really intentional and work pretty hard to regulate your nervous system on a daily basis, we're all kind of like, there's a lot of feelings of being on edge and being, being tense and being kind of like quick to like jittery or quick to respond or quick to react. I mean, and microdosing is, it's a small enough amount of uh, a psychedelic that you're not shot out of your body. You're not on this kind of intense, sometimes um, um, hallucinogenic journey that can take you a while to integrate. And that can in itself kind of frazzle your nervous system for a while. Microdosing is, is accessible and integratable. You know, you, it's just taking a little bit each day and it might push you to, to do some self work, but it's not going to like punch you through it or force you into it. And so combining it with this breath work, breath of the soul, which is essentially a practice of breathing into your center, there's more to it. Um, but those things together, I find can really help people feel calm and connected and relaxed in their body in the present moment, no matter where they are. And that, I mean, honestly, anxiety is kind of tied to future, to future tripping and depression is tied to it kind of ruminating on the past. And so there's so much medicine in just simply being here and now and feeling relaxed in the present moment. Um, and it can be hard to access for a lot of people. Absolutely. I mean, the present moment is where we need to be and that's where the healing and the connection comes. But I feel like as a, as a society, especially here in the United States, we do not do a very good job of teaching kids, teaching people mm -hmm. the importance of being in the moment. If we're trying to do too many things, you know, multitasking is so highly and achievement is so highly touted. It almost automatically brings you out of, of those things, because, you know, if you're constantly looking externally, that takes you out from that, from the center. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's, I, I like this practice specifically for that reason. I think it, it like, I feel like, you know, 80% of what everyone needs is just to, to be, have a calm regulated nervous system, honestly, oh. you know, from that place then anything is possible. Any healing is possible. Absolutely. Because you can't, mm -hmm. if you're already overloaded, if your nervous system's already overloaded, how can you handle the little things that happen in life? Cause things are going to happen. So tell people it's not about creating some kind of life where life doesn't actually happen, where, you know, everything is completely smooth. No, it's about creating right. a nervous system and a mindset and, and, an understanding of emotions and an ability to be resilient mm -hmm. and to be resilient. You have to get your nervous system to be more in parasympathetic in, in the parasympathetic nervous system flow so that mm -hmm. you, your bar of, of how much room you have to regulate, you know, yes. is much bigger. You have much more room to take in what mm -hmm. happens. And when you're already maxed out, some little thing can come in and it's, psh, but if you were calmed and your nervous system was down here, this thing comes in, you go, Oh, that's mm -hmm. not so big. Maybe it moves you up a little bit, you know, because yeah. it does create some sort of, you know, stress, but it doesn't, it, it's a pebble instead of a boulder, basically the yes. same exact event. Absolutely. I mean, that's why my, my website is microdosing for resilience. Like this is it, it we need this resilience. We need to the more of us that can expand our capacity to respond to the moment, that's the medicine that we need. You know, like the more of us that can just hold loving presence and not react and not freak out, you know, yeah. over things like essentially that, that if imagine that world, imagine that world, if we were all just cool, calm, collected, you know, and not to say that you don't get emotional in that state. But like you said, it's, it's the, I think right now we're so overly reactive. We're so overly emotional. We're so overly tense that the little pebble just feels like a landslide. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a place where healing can happen. No. And the thing is when, when you're in that over overwhelmed state, 
you, we, we, any of us, I mean, we become reactive instead of responsive. And so Mm -hmm. what I always tell people is you want to be able to create space, but if you're overwhelmed, there's no time you react and then you have to deal with the reaction, whatever, whatever it is, whatever came up. But if you are in a more calm state, like you're talking about, then what happens is you can make a choice. You can create space and you can choose how you want to respond mm-hmm. because you have access to your frontal lobe. You're not coming mm-hmm. from your midbrain and just reacting. Mm-hmm. And so it is, and it, and it's so important because then we do hold the space and we can be, you know, more um, intentional, more grounded and more peaceful. And it changes the vibration. It changes the vibration yeah. for the people that are interacting with us. It changes our own vibration, but it changes the vibration in everyone around us as well, mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. get to experience that. And yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's the shift I'm looking for right now. <laughs> I think yeah. we're at a place where we've gone so far in one direction that now, you know, we're going to balance it with, you know, with things like, you know, like this, like really getting back to no pun intended, our roots, you know, no mm-hmm. getting back to our roots and uh, an understanding of, of nature and mother earth and what there is for us all, all already abundantly around us. We don't yes. need to create it. It's great for mm-hmm. us to create things, but really what we need to understand is how to access what's already here. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. So mm-hmm. I think that's really where the magic is. That's yeah. And the healing. So, you know, we've talked about so many different things. I think at this point, we will head over to the Sparks of Wisdom and give people just a couple things to really focus on from all that wisdom that you just shared. Sparks of Wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Sparks of Wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Okay, Sina, now you've had to distill down all that great wisdom. So let's hear what you have for us today. Yes. So plant medicines, fungi medicines can, can be profoundly healing and they need to be approached with a lot of respect and reverence and they're not a magic pill. So you still have to do your own work. You're in relationship with them. They're not going to just fix you without you doing anything. Um, My second one is tend your nervous system. So microdosing can support. There are so many ways to do this from taking a bath, putting oil on your body. I mean, infinite possibilities out there, but if you can make this a priority for your day, for your life, it will change your life. And my third one is follow, follow the spark, follow what lights you up, follow what makes you feel alive. You know, I wouldn't, If I hadn't have followed my curiosity and excitement around plant medicines, my life wouldn't have have changed in this beautiful way. And so that those little curiosities, those things that excite you and interest you, that is that's like your path lighting up a way in front of you. And and following that can make you feel more alive, feel more happy and feel ultimately more connected to your purpose. So true and very powerful. Well, Sina, thank you so much for your time today. I know that I've learned so much and I'm really grateful for all the information and I'm sure others will be too. But at this time, what I'd like to ask you is just if you could explain, I know you have a variety of different services you do. If you could explain for the listeners, some of your services that you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So I do, I have one-on-one sessions are called microdosing activation sessions. So the intention is really to give you all the foundations and the, the basics for how to start and commit to your microdosing practice. Um, and then I have an, an online course called the microdosing activation program. And I do that in a live format and also recorded format for a lower price. And my excitement and what I'm doing in the future is I'm going to be doing more. I'm going to start a membership program because I think people living, sorry, people speaking together and learning together and sharing their experiences is really powerful, especially with microdosing, because there's not a lot of evidence out there yet. You know, we're all kind of learning and growing and pioneering this together. So those are my main, my main areas of focus right now. And um, I also share a lot on YouTube my, my YouTube channel is microdosing for resilience. And I share on Instagram at Sina underscore underscore Maria. 
And um, you can find all of that stuff on my website, microdosingforresilience.com. Awesome. I do have a question now based on what you just said. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to go back to, you know, you were talking about doing the ceremonies with the, you know, indigenous people in mm-hmm. where was that Peru? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were doing that, is it always in groups? Cause you just started talking about the groups for the, you know, the community. I'm just thinking all the time I hear people talking about it and the people in Costa Rica that I was looking at the research on and hearing people about it, it's always groups. Yeah. It's, it's, that's primarily groups. There are things called dietas in Peru, um, in the Shipibo tradition, which is basically, a people can go on these extended diets with a specific plant for like, you know, a week or more. Um, and those are more individual healing focuses, but they still will sit in ceremony with groups of people usually. So yeah, there, you're right. There is, there is a theme of, of doing this, this work together of going into these journeys together in a group. I think it reminds us of our oneness and, and reconnecting. Absolutely. And there's so, I think it's also much more powerful because we all have our own wisdom and our own healing paths. And so when we're in a group together, you know, we, we don't feel so like isolated and it's, it's just me and it's just my healing journey. It's like, no, we're all in this together. You know, we've all got our stuff we're working through and we've all got our magnificence and, um, we're all, we're each powerful creators, you know? Yeah. Working in that collective energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So very beautiful. So the best way for people to reach you would be uh, microdosingforresilience.com. Uh, you okay. can also email me love at cena-maria.com. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that very much. And you said you had a special offer for people, a discount code. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So for anyone that's excited to go try some ceremonial cacao, me, you can use me, me, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're like running out the door. Um, so you can use Sina cacao, S E N A C A C A O at my uh, friend's company, ceremonial cacao.com. Um, they're also cacao ceremony on Instagram. So we can just follow them and, and stay in the loop. Um, but that, I think it gives you 10% off, I believe. Well, much appreciated. Yeah. So thanks again for your time. And I hope people um, get a hold of the information. And if you're interested, contact Sina and, and move forward on your journey in whatever way honors you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So until next time, be you, be love, and be present.